Do you love the idea of personal growth, but find the practice of it exhausting? We get it. We're Brandon and Megan Giggling, growth coaches with the mission to put the personal back in personal growth. If you want a new way of growing into the next version of you without the frustration, guilt, and overwhelm, you're in the right place. It's time to rethink your growth journey and make it into something that works for you. You in? Welcome to Growth Reframed. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of Growth Reframed. We are so pumped that you're here. Welcome, Maggie. Thanks. <laughs> Today, we're going to get into it, and we're going to talk about the greatest threat to your relationship. And uh, yeah, it star- sounds as dark and ominous as it is, but we want to get into what the biggest threats threat, singularly, is for your relationship. And I feel like in a way, it's really obvious, and in another way, it's really obvious to kind of forget and not think about it anymore. But before we get into that, I just want to lead us off with my devotional this week. It came up, and I shared it with you, Meg, and I want to share it with the audience because I feel like it's really impactful, and it kind of leads into our point. So with your blessing, I will share my <laughs> devotional. This it. is from the Radical Wisdom. It's by Reggie Campbell, um, but let me find my page here. So it's called bait and switch. It says everyone who needs, everyone who gets married gets surprised. There are things you find out after the wedding that you didn't know beforehand. It's not intentional. It's nobody's fault. It just happens. Infatuation is partly to blame. The idea that the person gets so jacked up by emotion and hormones that you can't see the actual person objectively. Here's the thing. And this is my favorite. Here's the thing. Love isn't a hole you fall into. It's a choice you make. Mature love is fueled by commitment, tenacity, and determination more than passion, romance, and flowers. It doesn't feel good a lot of the time, but it is good and good for us. Marriage isn't about falling in love once and staying in love with the same woman all of your life. It's choosing to love her as she is in each stage of her life, adapting your love to the woman she has become come and is becoming a husband's love must mature mature as he and his wife mature as paul says in first corinthians 13 11 when i was a child i talked like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child when i became a man i put the ways of childhood behind me he said i could paraphrase it to say that when i was a newlywed i talked like a newlywed i thought like a newlywed i reasoned like a newlywed when i matured i put the ways of a newlywed behind me translated i grew up accepted her exactly as she is and started to love her that way with rock solid committed love selfless kind of love that never gives up or goes away the same kind of love jesus has for us and it gives you the question have you matured in your love for your wife so i i don't know about all of you out there but that kind of hit me pretty hard because i thought and i had to question like whether i am living that mature kind of love. And if I'm being honest, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I am, but I didn't get there by accident. I actually got there through a lot of trials, tribulations, a lot of relationship issues that we had. And I feel like in the world, relationships are often fantasized in all popular culture and media. And we don't really get to the root of the fact that it's not something you fall in love with. It's a choice you make. So with that, I hand it over to you, Maggie. Well, I mean, obviously, it's kind of like a weird transition for me because I'm thinking so much of your 
devotional right now that I'm just like, do I even say what we're talking about or do I keep talking about the devotional? But I'm going to just hop right into the episode, I think. So the one thing that we believe is really, really a struggle for many relationships and as a relationship killer in many cases is complacency. Like the idea that once that infatuation wears off, once that new love feeling wears down, once you're six months, one year, two years into the relationship that it starts to feel like, eh, I'm falling out of love, that that's not really the truth. You're not really falling out of love. It just becomes less about infatuation and more about the hard work that you have to put in to maintain a relationship. And that's not just true, just true in romantic relationships, but today that's what we're talking about. And I think for me, it's been a wake-up call many times for us because we get to these points in our relationship where we kind of feel like, nah, like just not necessarily bored, but just kind of like, what else is there? And it kind of leads us back to a point in our relationship where we have to kind of revamp a little bit. We have to make some adjustments and we can't just sit and continue down that path or eventually it will lead to a destruction of our marriage. And so it's not that you'll always be in this greatest like adventure part of your marriage or your, or your relationship, but that you do have to be at least aware of this idea in order to combat, combat it when it does occur. Yeah. And complacency is really just accepting the status quo, like accepting that this is how things are accepting that this is just the way things have always been. So this is the way it'll be. I mean, that's the idea of complacency in general. And so when you look at it in your relationship, I think what the devotional touched on in, in, in life, when you first start dating someone, we all know that infatuation level. We all know the initial attraction, usually physical, but like sometimes like they have a great personality or like, you know, they're humorous or whatever it is. It's, you know, that feeling like when you first fell in love, I know the feeling we had when we first fell in love. I know the, the that feeling you like to have, but I feel like we expect that feeling to happen all the time because, you know, in the fairy tale movies, that's how it is. They lived happily ever after. But then we discount the fact of what it takes to actually stay in love. It is a choice you make. It is a commitment that you make. And from my experience, it's a slow fade. So like when you, when you bleed into this complacency, when you fall into the complacency zone, it's a real slow fade. Like you, you, you don't really even sense it's coming. You might know things are a little bit off, but it's the little things that kind of pile up one after another after another. And then eventually you get to the place where you're looking at each other and you're like, how did we get here? And what do we do from here? Mm-hmm. And so it is the biggest threat because I think it's so easy to ignore because it is small things. There's a lot of things that can happen in relationships that are huge that definitely can shake you to the core. And they, and it's obvious that that is causing the issue. I feel like this is the sneaky one that no one thinks about because, well, life's busy and, you know, we have kids now and, you know, whatever else, you know, my job's really hard and it's really demanding right now. So I need to, I, and, and I want to do great in my career. So like that needs to be some of my focus. I can't put all my focus here. And then eventually you get to the place where you sit on the couch looking at each other and you're like, what are we doing and how do we fix it? And where can we go from here? So the fact of that slow fade is what the main warning we want to give that that's exactly how it happened. And that's exactly how it happened in our relationship. It didn't, it wasn't one predicating thing that caused all the issue. It was 
very slow moving until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that the biggest thing that happens when you're ha- experiencing that slow fade, at least it was for us, is just you stop communicating in any meaningful way. And once you stop communicating in any meaningful way, it's very, very difficult to come back from that. It took us a lot of hard work and a lot of months, probably a couple of years really, to be able to level up our communication to what it should have been because it was just not there anymore. It was one of those things where like you were saying, you're sitting on the couch looking at each other, except we weren't even saying anything. Like it took a long time to be able to finally say things. And now we're to a point where we just say everything. Maybe we need to hold back a little bit more, but for a long time, it was that situation of sitting on the couch being like, what do we even say at this point? Is there anything to say? Do we even care if there's anything to say? And that right there is a scary place to be. If you're in a relationship and you're scared that you're not even worried that there's anything to fight for, that's exactly what complacency is. If there's nothing you even feel bad about, if there's nothing you even feel like is worth a fight, like that's not good. If you don't fight, that kind of freaks me out because that's not a good sign. You should be wanting to have something worth fighting for. You should want to have a relationship that, you know, means something, means enough that you would have the arguments, that you would get through it, that you would have the tough conversations and that you would be able to come out on your side. And I don't mean like you should be yelling and screaming at each other all the time, but I mean that there should be something that comes up in your marriage and your relationship that matters enough that you both have to get some good points out, that you have to, that some sort of emotion has to come out of it. If there's no emotion, if there's no fight left in you, that's a scary place to be. Yeah, and, and if you keep going about it that way, like like everything that we encounter, every part about life that, as I understand it, it's constant growth and it's constant evolution and who you are. Like who you were yesterday is not the person you are today. Who you were years ago is not the person you are today. And that's easy to say. Like I believe that in life. And I think a lot of us could get behind that idea. But then you get to a place like me and you, Meg, we've been together for 20 years. So then like, okay, that's fine for like each year in each moment but then it gets really difficult because it's like how do we grow and how do we evolve and how do and we're individuals by the way so in the midst of trying to evolve and grow as a couple we're also trying to figure out what this whole life is about and so we're trying to evolve as two individual people and then we're also in the midst of that trying to raise other two little human people and help them realize what they want to be and who they and and there's just there's so many different factors involved but I don't think we look at it in the way that it needs to grow and evolve I think we're like if it ain't broke don't fix it and then we over time don't look at it enough to even see that there could be a problem and I'm not trying to pull at a thread that's not there and I feel like we do that definitely in relationships because we want that excitement we want those butterflies again but if you look at it in a way of saying we need growth in our relationship. Well, what have you done recently to grow your relationship? Most of you probably can't answer that with any real answer because you've just been surviving. You're not trying to really rejuvenate your relationship and grow in your relationship and evolve. You're just living because you don't want to poke at that bear because you got enough other problems out there. You don't want to have that. But what I'm telling you is you're going to get to the place or you have the potential, I should say, to get to the place where you are there and you can't do anything to repair it or it's way harder to repair it after the fact. Yeah. And it's not that it's impossible as you were just saying, it's totally possible, but it does get harder. But if you're in a place where it's not yet dangerous level, like it's not to the point of 
just that tragedy in your life, then there are definitely things that you can start doing right now that will help you prevent getting to that place. So if you feel like it could be a danger to you, but probably isn't right there right now, then I would say just concentrate, especially on your communication. Like don't let that fall off because when your communication falls off, that becomes a very, very bad place to be. If you're talking about the weather and you're married for five years, um, you should be having deeper conversations than the weather when you're five years into your marriage, when you're five months into your relationship, when you're whatever you are, like the weather is for strangers, not the two of you. If you're afraid of broaching difficult topics with your spouse, with your partner, that's an issue. You should not be afraid. You should be able to come to them. And when that stops happening, that's a scary place to be. So have a conversation, force yourselves right now to once a week, have a conversation about anything that's important. It doesn't have to be a bad thing that's happening. Just something that's not like, how was your day? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, how are the kids doing in school or whatever the thing is, because those are just dangerous, like non-question questions. Get to the root of something, whether that's your hopes and aspirations, whether that is an issue in your relationship, no matter what that conversation is, get deeper than the surface level because that's what makes you grow together. That what makes that's what makes you have that bond, have that experience mm-hmm. together and really connect on a deeper level. And that's what you need to stay out of complacency is that connection, that bond that will take you to the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 20 years of your relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny as you're saying that because I'm like, what you really need to have is you need to have a level of care and curiosity about your partner. Like, so you actually have to want that. And the, and the reason I'm laughing about it is me and you literally do everything together. We do this podcast together. We work together in our nine to five. We're raising kids together. We're essentially always together. We're like those sickening people that you're mm-hmm. like, well, how or how could you possibly do that? That's us. And so I only say that to say, if we can find a way to find levels of curiosity and care and have these discussions with each other, you and your partner can do the same. But you have to be open to it and you have to be vulnerable and willing to say, hey, I need this. And I think there's something dirty about that to most people. Like They're like, well, I, no, I can't say that because I don't want to be needy. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. This is the person you're spending your life with. They deserve to know and you deserve to tell them what you need and want and be vulnerable for the fact if there's a lack there that you feel. Because if you're feeling that now, how are you going to feel a year from now or 10 years from now or God willing, I mean, like 20 years from now, like how is that going to go? And is that the life that you want? A problem is easier to address the sooner it comes up or an issue or, or just like a concern. It's way easier to deal with the sooner you decide to deal with it. But we're very good at pushing things off. But if you instill that level of care for your partner and curiosity about who they are and what they're thinking. I always hear people say, like, I have no idea what he's thinking or she's thinking. I have no clue. Well, have you asked? Well, no, because I know they'll say, you don't know. You haven't asked. (laughs) You got to have it. You can't just assume how they're feeling. And even if you think everything's great, like you said, Meg, Are you assuming everything's great or have you actually had conversation with your partner where you both reaffirmed that it feels great or is there ways that you could improve? Hey, side note, happy 20th dating anniversary. Oh, thank you. A couple days ago. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, three, baby. Uh Uh-huh. Crazy. And okay, so another thing is if you think you might be struggling or on the path to complacency, I would definitely say make it a priority 
to at some point soon, try something new together or something old together that you haven't done in a really long time. But go out and seek experiences together that are out of the ordinary, like not going grocery shopping or, you know, like something that's fun, something that excites Watching you. Watching Netflix together. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, <laughs> do that, but do something else fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> or like maybe find a new show. I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's like, or maybe find something new that you can watch together. I know a lot of people that just don't watch anything together. They're literally sitting in two separate rooms watching their own Netflix series. Like right. that's not healthy. Yeah, I mean, do that. But then also find something exciting. Right. It's not like you can't watch Netflix separately. But I mean, if you want to have something to talk about, if you want your relationship to feel sparks again, if you want to have your relationship feel less status quo and more like I'm doing something actively, I'm actively pursuing my partner, then seeking out those new experiences, doing something out of the ordinary together, traveling together, going to a place an hour away together even. You don't have to like travel to Europe to make this matter. I mean, you can take a drive somewhere and that's still totally cool. But those experiences matter because those experiences are something that you guys are doing together to build a bond. It's opening you up for more conversations. It's opening up for you to have a shared experience together that feels like an event that can lead to something more that can lead to, Hey, we really liked that. What if we did this next time? Mm. And then all of a sudden you've got all these plans together and things to look forward to together. And it's, it's like built in conversation, but built in bonding and Mm. just all the goodness with very little effort, as long as you're committed to just doing something new sometimes. It doesn't have to be like every week we're going to go skydiving and, you know, mountain climbing and it doesn't have to be crazy, but if it's something at least, something that you guys can look forward to together, I think that matters. Right, right. And it's some level of spontaneity in your relationship. Like mm-hmm. if you have tacos every Tuesday, maybe maybe switch it up. Maybe go out to eat. Maybe just do something completely different. Maybe have a little picnic on your back porch. I don't know. But like it's it's simple. One of the things that I love that, that we do, and I'll admittedly say we don't do enough, but I think it can really help in, with this idea of complacency is expressing gratitude and appreciation for your partner. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you did this and it was really helpful for me. Or you did this and I'm really proud of you for doing that. Or like just the other night, and I, I forgive me, I can't remember what it was, but there was, oh no, I know what it was. So there was like our kids, when they get into summer, they never read and they never do all the things. Like we always have, it's like pulling teeth to try to get them to do anything. So when they get back from summer, we always joke like they're not going to know how to say their, spell their name or anything. Mm-hmm. Meg, so Meg made this whole chart and she had this whole idea of like making a chart and having a reward system for them if they did these things and they're super motivated and they love it. And so I lifted Meg up and I said, you know, I really appreciate that you did that. That's really cool. And it really worked out well. And again, maybe Meg doesn't even remember me saying this, but it's like those types of things for me go a really long way. Like if you like, man, you not just on, you know, father's day or not just on, you know, uh, my birthday or, you know, an anniversary, do you have to show appreciation? You can do it all the time and you can do it in small ways. Right. I think it actually matters more that you do it on the off days. Like I think just a few days ago, I came up to you and I said, I'm really proud of how you handled this at work. Like, I don't even remember what specific work thing it was, but I know there was something at work that I was like, dang, that was really hard. I know that really was not fun to do, but the way you handled yourself, the way you handled that situation, I'm really proud of you. I just want you to know that. And I think that those 
those smaller moments matter more than the father's day and the birthdays because they actually come from a place of like, I'm not, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I'm not expected. It's not an obligation. To, right. It's not, it's I'm not, not obligated obligatory. to tell you right. this. I'm just, I want you to know that this is how I'm feeling. Like I appreciate that you did this. And I think that's exactly the hitting the nail on the head when you said that, like, yeah, it matters to say those things. It matters to write them down. Sometimes we've gotten off of the habit, but there's many times where we will write a note of appreciation to each other because it just means a little bit more when you took the five minutes to write a little note that says, Hey, I'm proud of you. Hey, I appreciate because you did this or whatever the case is just to let somebody else know that they're, they matter to you. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, just continuing and constantly, I and mean, we've talked about this before, but constantly learning your partner, studying your partner, taking interest in your partner. Like we talked about earlier with curiosity and care, but if you don't understand something or if you if you want to know more about what they're thinking about, what they're interested in, why they're interested in that, just actively try to do things to like learn more about what your partner's thinking rather than just assuming what they're thinking or assuming that they're just nagging at you because they're bringing up something. No, like maybe there's a deeper issue there or just even very easily just trying to ask questions and have real conversations, not surface level things. I think having that level of really just being open to honest communication and conversations is, is key in all of this because you don't get to the core of anything if you don't ever even enter the conversation. You don't even pry into the conversation. The, the biggest threat, the biggest threat is, in my mind, complacency. If y'all out there have another, just please reach out to us and let us know. But I believe it's the silent killer. It's the silent threat. And I think that's more dangerous than a lot of the outward things that you can see because it can be so easily brushed under the rug. And we don't want that for you. So hopefully you'll take some of these things. Hopefully this will just give you some time to sit and reflect Maybe schedule a time to have a conversation with your partner and just talk about it or go mix things up and do something fun. Try some of these strategies and we hope it helps. Uh, if you have any questions, if you need us in any way, you can reach out to us at Growth Reframed. We love y'all. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Growth Reframed. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to connect with you. So shoot us a DM on Instagram at Growth Reframed. We love y'all.